Hi, my name is Brooke Bartz. I want to say thank you for joining me. This is the Open Hearts Podcast. Wherever you're listening from, hopping in the van to take your kids to school, grabbing that last cup of coffee as you head out the door, curled up on the couch with the sun flooding through the morning window, or maybe you're sick and debilitated resting in your bed or walking in a trial that feels like it is consuming your world. Well, I want you to know something right now, that we are here as women together, as a community of women, of like-minded believers, listening together all across the world. I want to say thank you. I am so glad that you are tuning in and I know you will be encouraged to be a woman set apart to the glory of Jesus Christ alone. Hi, this is Brooke Bartz. Welcome to the Open Hearts Podcast. This is episode seven. Well, good morning, ladies. I'm so glad that you're joining me. I always look forward to our time of being able to talk and just thank you for all the the comments, the encouragement you guys have sent. Um, go subscribe. You can subscribe to my podcast on any major p- podcast platform. And I also have a YouTube, the Open Hearts in a Closed World YouTube channel. I'm looking at changing and probably going to Rumble eventually soon, but right now I'm still on YouTube. You know, more and more we are being silenced as Christians and and my network is a phenomenal group of reformed biblical Christian podcasters and we have the number one um, Christian podcasts on the nation just thinking on our network, the Bar Network and Dwayne Atkinson started the Bar Network, and he's done a phenomenal job with gathering like-minded believers together to be able to discuss things scripturally and taught in accuracy and exegesis and holding up God's word high um, so that Christ is on the throne of our hearts, so that we are growing as a people, especially in this time when we're being silenced and persecuted and the media and the culture is trying to take away our our hope and our faith, which they can't. More and more people are either being driven to the true church because Christ is purging the church, I believe, um, and we're standing on truths. We're standing on str- truths of um, that are not political, that are not social. You know, abortion, LGBTQ, transgender. Those are not political. Those are not policies. Those are commands in the Word of God. And so we have men and women that are speaking out and 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 trying to build a community. This is the nation's premier Christian reform network. And I encourage you to go subscribe to all of these podcasts because you will hear truth. Um, we not we not only talk the talk, we walk the walk. And um, and we're just a, gr- a great group of like-minded believers. So you want to hear truth in this time, the way that our world continues to fall away in the spirit of the age as it gets darker, and it will, as it becomes more and more about um, hating our God and um, persecuting Christians, silencing us, our right to be able to go to church. We see that with COVID. They're trying to take away our rights to be able to worship at church. And they're trying to take away our Second Amendment. Um, And these are all Constitution. And these are things that are good and lawful that we've been given through the Constitution. And, And laws and policies and those things are all fine. But when you cross over into God's Word, it is no longer political. Like I said, the things that our country is facing that we were called to vote 
for or against are clear in scripture. And the more people that I talk about with things that are taboo or, oh, Brooke, you're kind of stepping out, being a little too brave, talking about these things. And I'm just going to go sit in my comfortable house in my suburb and just let the world go along around me without me being involved. That's not what God calls us to do. He does call us to be ambassadors. He does call us to give an account for our faith in and out of season. And that's what these podcasters do. They love truth. They want to expose false teaching. We want to expose darkness. There are so many different varieties of men and women, but the one thing we have in common is that we are teaching truth and we are holding up Christ high. There is no other God and there is no other word that we hold to beside the scriptures that are holy and divine. And so go subscribe to these podcasters. You will be so encouraged each week. So that's my little spiel. Um, I'm part of, like I said, the Open Hearts podcast, any major podcast network, go subscribe, leave me a review, send me your ideas. Those of you who follow me on YouTube, um, continue to keep watching, tell your friends, share the truth, and let's get some more godly teachers out there through the airwaves. Um, That's what we want. We don't want um, weak-minded Um, We don't want materialistic. We don't want people who are secular. We want people who are holding to God's word and what it commands us to say and obeying it and spurring on others to do that. So that's what the Open Hearts podcast does. I also have a um, Facebook group, Open Hearts. We have about 1,300 ladies and We get on there and we talk, we have discussions, leave comments. It's just a way to have another group that you know is praying for you around the world. Ladies from 32 countries are part of that Facebook group. So it's it's just been such a blessing to meet ladies, to be able to pray for them, know how to pray for them. I also have an Instagram at Just Brooke Bartz. I do a daily devotion and I'd love for you guys to subscribe to my or follow my Instagram You'll be encouraged. You'll meet some great people, and I'll I'll make sure that I keep um, spurring you on with truth. That's my that's my goal as a woman of God out there for these women who are listening. So, like a lot of you out there, I'm a mom and a wife, and I started the Open Hearts podcast because because I had something to say each episode that I felt we as women, as Open Hearts gals, which is you know my my name for our group, could relate to and understand. And what the scriptures teach us about being women of God. And as I thought about this next episode, and I thought about Christmas, and I thought about just what women are faced with today, and what is important, materialism, looking good, going to the gym, working out, paleo, um, makeup, outward beauty, and having our dreams realize and accomplish, which is totally not biblical. We're called to submit. We're called to be gentle, quiet, tranquil, holy, righteous. Proverbs 31 woman making our home a sanctuary for our husbands and our children and serving at the church and being godly. That's not what the world wants us to see. They want us to be celebrity Christians. They want us to to look like celebs, but then go to church on Sunday and say that we've checked that off our list and that that's what Christianity is. And the other thing of, you know, we're just called to just just embrace everything, every new trend, every new unbiblical um, 
you know, cultural phenomenon that comes along, we're supposed to embrace it as Christians because Christians are called to love everything. But we're called to love people in the world, but we're not called to be of the world. So I thought about godliness and righteousness and what does that look like at Christmas and who embodies that? And I thought about Mary. So that's what we're going to talk about. I thought about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Um, Mary is the mother of the creator of the universe, and she was 13 to 14 years old. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump into all this because it's really fascinating what we're going to talk about. But when she delivered the Messiah into the world, she was around 13 or 14. It was in a dirty trough. It was not this beautiful picture that we have of, you know, this clear, you know, this clear sky and these clean animals around and, and in this beautiful manger, you know, with the scene where there's a, a blanket and the, and everything is nice and clean and pristine. No, it was a dirty trough or it was a hollowed out cave with farm animals. And, um, so it wasn't this, this royal way that you think he should have been born. Like we know that princes and, you know, that babies are born in royalty and royal families and the big pomp and fanfare. And it wasn't like that. You know, this was a 13 to 14 year old girl giving birth to a baby, to the son of God. And she had her husband, she had Joseph. And, and, and so that's just something we need to take in. Mary wasn't an adult. She hadn't had prenatal vitamins. She hadn't gone to, you know, birthing classes. She wasn't in a hospital you know, making sure everything was being monitored. She was a 13-year-old little girl alone with her husband giving birth to God, the creator. And amazingly, that's who before time God chose, a 13 or 14-year-old. So I wanted to think on that. Like, what does that show us about what our lives look like and what girls that are teens what their lives look like today, modern, and what is God, what's the contrast, like what do we want to look like? So we know Jesus is our only hope for foundation, for salvation. He is the foundation of our lives. And he came as a baby and died as a man on the cross. God came down to be with us, to live with skin, flesh and bones, and was raised by not a woman, but a child, a 13-year-old teen girl. And she was a sinner. Mary was a sinner, but she understood her need for a savior. So Mary prays her beautiful prayer, which says, My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in my God, my savior, for he has regard for the humble state of his bond slave. So I love that verse because right there, she calls herself a slave. This is the best way to describe to me a believer's relationship to Christ. We should be a slave to Christ. He is our master and our Lord, and we are his humble servant, and Mary understood that. So if we think about verses about being a slave, it says, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, and it ends in eternal life, Romans 6, 22, being slaves of God. How about this? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. We know that one, right? You cannot serve God and money. And so there's these beautiful verses on what it means to be a slave, right? And so um, I think that's interesting because 
Mary says, count me blessed. She is giving glory to God. She's not putting the spotlight on herself. God is the one who did the blessing and she is the recipient of that blessing, of his grace, of his mercy to save her, just like he saved us. So the beauty of the blessing is that God, Mary says, count me blessed. She's not saying, oh, look at me. I have all the power. I've done all these great things because I did all these things. God chose me. No, she's saying I'm blessed because God showed his favor by saving me. And she's the recipient of his grace. And she wants the world to know that, right? That's why she writes that. That's why God puts that in the scripture. So she's faithful, obedient. She's not showing conceit or pomp or vanity. And that is a far cry, right, ladies, of what teens today are and what they're taught. Mary's heart is what's important, not her outward appearance like our girls today. So I looked at some um, some surveys and I, and I read a bunch of things about that. And it's so sad. And this was like in December of 2012 among 572 girls. Girls, young girls ages 8 to 18, listen to these things. At least one in five young girls have negative feelings when they don't wear makeup. So, I mean, negative, we know obviously the way that they worded that. We would say that, you know, they are, um, they're prideful. Like they are putting the attention on themselves. And, um, and so ultimately that, you know, a negative feeling is really me taking, that pride and putting it on myself and my heart. It's a prideful heart, right? So, but they want to look good. And so if they don't, they get sad and depressed and anxious. And we know that's not the Lord. And so it says at least 20% of girls who have ever worn makeup, um, they don't feel like they're beautiful. They feel like they need something more. Um, They feel unattractive. You know, that's what the world tells them. They feel self-conscious. That's what the world tells them. 20% and unattractive 17 and naked as though something is missing is 15%. And only 5% of these girls said that they feel beautiful like the world tells them and more attractive when they don't wear makeup. They started wearing makeup much earlier. Almost three in five surveyed 58% admitted to wearing makeup. Of those that wear it, two-thirds, 65, started, listen, this is crazy, between the ages of 8 and 13, wearing makeup. 29% between the ages of 14 and 16, 50% between 11 and 13, and 15% between the ages of 8 and 10. So that is so sad that our world puts value on makeup and outward beauty for None of us should be of any value. God doesn't look at that. He doesn't want that. Charm is fleeting, right? Charm and beauty. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. But that's what's important in our culture is makeup and looking beautiful to the world. And over 80% of 10-year-olds are afraid of being fat. These are the numbers that I found in this um, in this survey. And it's growing It's growing 78% by the time girls reach 17. So girls are obsessed. That's their idol with makeup and beauty. And Mary was not, right? Mary 
was a servant and she wanted to be obedient to the Lord and she was holy and righteous and she was a 13 to 14 year old girl giving birth to the God who created the universe, the God who actually created her and saved her and never once is beauty mentioned. We want to teach our daughters to be examples of godliness, not worldliness, not toddler beauty pageants, not celebrity worship like they do, unrealistic cultural messages about beauty, um, not being able to cut and paste and digital retouching and, and all of these things. I read that there in the teen pageants, not teen pageants, sorry, in the toddler pageants, at eight years old, they started giving Botox to children, to these girls to get rid of their wrinkles. They spray tan them. They, um, you know, you have to, they make them, they have to weigh a certain amount and you know that they have to dress provocatively. The, the quote unquote pretty they are to the world, the higher their scores and these girls value themselves based on outward beauty. And God doesn't want that. That's sinful. That's what Lucifer was the most beautiful of all the angels God created. He was a morning star. He was a sight and, and God made him beautiful and he fell. He wanted more, that pride to want more. So we don't want to put focus on the outward beauty. Um, that's not what's important. She finds her truth in the word, not what she wants, thinks, not based on her dreams, hopes, goals, but on the basis of the word of God. That's where she puts her hope. That's what we need to understand from Mary and what we need to teach our girls there's nothing special about Mary in the world's eyes. She was not born into power, wealth, prestige. She was not a valedictorian. She was not voted most popular. She was not the head cheerleader, a successful businesswoman. She was a simple, poor, sinful teenage girl, right? And she knew she was a sinner. She had an understanding of the depths of her sin and that she deserved God's judgment. Do our daughters look at life this way is there hope built on the world and makeup and outward beauty or is it a built on the word of god understanding that there are sinners are we helping them if they are not saved to understand that god is the one who brings salvation and that there is nothing that will satisfy them except the word of god are we praying for them? Are we encouraging them in godliness, right? Going to church. Are we encouraging them to read the Bible? Are we reading with them? Are we putting their focus on things God tells us of Proverbs 31 things, of, of being gentle and quiet, of, of helping at home? Do they have chores that they do? Do they read good books? Do you monitor their TV? Do you tell them that outward beauty is not important and put the emphasis on the heart. Are you training them in righteousness and obedience? Is this what our world does? No. So we don't want to lead our girls to the world. We want to lead them to the word. So we have to be examples to them of godliness. So Mary is humble. She's righteous. She knew she was a sinner, right? She knew she was a sinner and God tells her that he favors her with grace. She never took pride in status. Think about this as you think.
think about girls out there in the world and what they see as as being righteous, right? What the world would say is going after your dreams, pursuing what you want. So she never took pride in status acknowledgement. Through That's what they would say through herself in the spotlight to let others know. She pondered everything in her heart. She took it all in. She was brave. She was willing to stand on the truth of God, even facing humiliation as an unwed woman. So I thought this was interesting because as I think about our teen girls, think about girls going to school and, you know, being able to stand up for the truth and persecution. Look what Mary faced. She was pregnant and she still before the Lord was say, you know, she prayed this beautiful prayer. She had a heart. She wanted to be righteous and holy and she was excited about this birth of the Messiah. Yes, she was afraid at first, maybe when the angel came, because she didn't understand what was going on. But then she just she just prays that beautiful prayer. And we know that her heart is set apart to the Lord. And so this is a lot for a young girl, even knowing she would face humiliation. She also, in Deuteronomy 22, 13 through 21, and John 8, 3 through 5, it talks about that she would be accused of adultery and it was punishable by stoning. It talks about in those verses. And so all this for a 13-year-old girl, and she did it. She bowed down in obedient and humble submission to God and was willing to face the degree of humility, gossip, hatred towards others. Are we teaching our children to be able to stand up in the face of persecution? Are we teaching them to be bold for the gospel? Or are we teaching them, don't say anything, keep your mouth shut, go ahead and go with the trend, follow the crowd. You know, you don't have to you don't have to stand out, even though we're called to stand out as a city on a hill. And this was a 13-year-old girl. So it's not that they're too young and they can't do these things. We can't use that as an excuse because you look at Mary and Joseph. And Joseph was around 13 to 14 years old too, probably 14. And they loved the Lord. And he chose them to be the parents of the Messiah. Are we willing to be a Mary in our world with all that's going on? Do we put God's word and living for truth in the forefront of our minds? And do we daily show this in our actions? Or do we cherry pick scriptures that fit the situations of our lives? And do we try to stay out of the trenches, even though the trenches are where God has us sometimes, to be his light? This is the epitome of godliness at a young age. Ladies, talk to your teen girls about the heart and courage and obedience of Mary to God. The things they face with teasing, bullying for their faith at school, with peer groups, God looks at the heart. Mary knew she was a sinner. She needed a savior. She was righteous. This should be an encouragement to your souls and a testimony of faithfulness for your teen daughters. Persecution will come, but pray they will be able to stand like Mary. So let me give you an example in your life right now. Are you desiring to look at your world and be a city on a hill? Do you speak out on LGBTQ if you're put in a situation Black Lives Matter, transgender, abortion. I'm not advocating you storm the streets of Washington, but are you praying, teaching your children, theology, 
Does your teen understand the issues facing them that hide in the back alleys of darkness and evil? Are you attending a church that supports being woke, democratic policies like abortion? Mary was 13, and she believed the full word of God. We need to be able to stand up as women if we look at this 13-year-old. All the struggles of a heart of a young person, we all, our children have those. They're going to have those. We have those. But she was singled out by God to carry the Lord. MacArthur, John MacArthur says this, Mary was in an extremely embarrassing and difficult position. Betrothed to Joseph, she faced the stigma of unwed motherhood. Joseph would obviously have known that the child was not his. She knew she would be accused of adultery, an offense punishable by stoning, yet she willingly and graciously submitted to the will of God. Wow. She was chosen to bear the Messiah. Verse 35 says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. So, this is who Mary is. God was her Savior. It also says, it talks about Joseph. Um, He was one of a small remnant in Israel. He was just a boy, 13, 4, 14. And when he came together to take Mary as his wife... After she had given birth to the child and Mary was just a girl, but Joseph was righteous, it says in Matthew 1.19. This is what we should look like. This is what we should teach our daughters, right? Their commitment to God, the devotion of their lives is indicated. Bethlehem, all the, the, the things that they had to go through there, no room at the end, people shutting the door in their face, on the on the on the run basically she's pregnant she could be showing about to deliver she's got labor pains she's just a young girl they're scared they're in a different place and they're going to to she's going to deliver the son of god they journeyed about 85 to 90 miles from their home in nazareth these are two teens and our teens are you know playing video games and they're um you know, uh, doing sports, and these are not bad things. But look at the look at the lives of Mary and Joseph at a young age, and look at our children, and how can we how can we make sure that we're training them to be godly? Right, their commitment to God, their devotion of their lives is indicated. When Jesus was circumcised according to the law, um, they they had him circumcised, and they followed the law which it, that tells us that um, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So they were obedient to the laws of God. And I think that's really, really also just a really cool thing. Not only were they, did they, you know, were faithful to God, they delivered this baby, they raised him, and they were faithful to obey the scriptures according to the law of God. So that's righteousness. They're just kids by our definition, but they were righteous before God. They were saved. Their sins had been forgiven. They were devout. They were committed to the obedience of the law of God as an expression of their love and their worship toward God. They are incredible witnesses. There were no midwives, no assistance to Mary at all, as MacArthur says. The Bible doesn't even mention that Joseph was present. 
Perhaps he was, but if he was, typical of first-time fathers, he would have been of little help to Mary. She was basically on her own. Mary brought forth the child. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and she laid him in a manger, where usually a midwife would clean the baby and wrap him. There was none. Mary did it herself. And where usually there would have been a cradle or a basket for the baby, there was none. Mary had to put him in an animal's feeding trough. That's a quote by John MacArthur. So I think it's important that we understand that we need to be holy, right? They were holy, righteous, and we are still fighting our flesh at every turn and and battle, right? We're battling it just like our, our, our children. And if our hearts want the world, it's because they're not in the word. They're not set apart. God calls us to be set apart to holiness, hating sin. Are you doing things that help your daughters know the difference between the world and what God hates in the world, the sins of the world, the trends, the culture? That doesn't look anything of what the word looks like and what holiness looks like. Um, it, it means separate unto God, but also it's um, it's distinct. Only God is different from all things. God is holy. He is holy in his nature, but he chose us that we would be holy, right? And so we need to be aware of what holiness is for our daughters and for our lives. Holiness is hating sin, being set apart, sanctified, separated unto God. Righteous means blameless, pure. And we know that if we are following the world, the world gives us things that are opposite of those. And there's a verse, you know, out of the hearts of men proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, wickedness, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Those all come from man. That's the world. That's the heart of man without Christ transforming it through the Holy Spirit. But we're called to be righteous, upright, godly, virtuous, uncorrupt, truthful, We should conform to God's perfect law and holy character. And we do that, we strive to do that by wanting to be holy and blameless and righteous as Mary and Joseph were, understanding they were sinners. But there was nothing special about them for God to choose them. He just had their favor. He placed favor and grace on them. and, And Mary calls herself blessed for being able to deliver the Messiah. So... We need to be holy and righteous. And you think about all that they went through. And there's a verse, you know, 1 Peter 3.14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness, because we said she was righteous, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God wants us to be righteous. He tells us in that verse. Christ became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Christ died for us to be righteous. He hung on the cross and bled and faced the Father's wrath, endured it so that we would be righteous, set apart, holy, blameless, hating sin. Even though we live in this world, we don't want to run to sin. We want to run away from it. What about this verse for your, your girls? Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. We have faith 
in the Son of God. We have faith that Christ will return. We have faith that we will live in glorified bodies. We have faith that when we are persecuted, we are blessed. We have faith that when we face trials, we know that God is producing in us a life of righteousness that looks like Christ. And so when you think about Mary at such a young age, she did not want the world. She wanted to live a life set apart to God, to be holy. So God wants us to not be vain. He doesn't want us to chase after worldly things. Psalm 119.37 says, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Ecclesiastes 1.2 Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. So we have to understand that we don't want to have lives that do not reflect Christ. We want to be holy and righteous and blameless. And Mary is such an amazing example of that at such a young age. So how are you combating the world? Are you teaching your teen girls to model godliness, not worldliness? Are you modeling that for them today? Are you chasing after things that reflect the character of God, the fruit of the Spirit? Or are you chasing after things that are vanity, that will be gone, that are fleeting? Are you more worried about your outward than your inward? Are you more worried about your daughter's outward than inward? Are you more worried about your daughter fitting in with the crowd than standing out for Christ? Because God doesn't want us to be ashamed of the gospel. And he gives us the example of Mary at 13 years old to be able to walk the walk she did, all the trials that they faced, right? Being young, unwed, Joseph one either making her a spectacle, even having her stoned or divorcing her quietly, the trip to Bethlehem. We know when they went on the run to Egypt because of Herod, all these things that they did because they loved the Lord, they trusted him, having Christ being circumcised because they obeyed the laws of God. Listen to Mary's prayer one more time. It's beautiful, and I want to read it before we close. My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has regard for the humble state of his bond slave. My soul exalts the Lord. Galatians 1.10, let me close on this. As you think about your daughters, you want to give them characteristics of humility and joy, the fruit of the Spirit, not to be vain, but to be gentle, submissive, not proud, but humble as Mary was. So we want to think on those things. If we think about Mary and the life that she lived, she wanted to live for Christ alone. That was what the most important thing to her was. Living for Christ, raising the Messiah, obeying God's word. So I just want to close on this verse right here. It says for all of us to understand 
Well, I'm going to close on just Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, The righteous shall live by faith. So I know that Christmas is just a couple of days away. We're going to be opening presents. We're going to be hopefully spending time with family and loved ones. I'm praying for all of you out there as you walk through this world with making decisions for your family, for your life, for your children. And as you open presents and as you look at the faces of your children as they do it and you see the excitement and you get to enjoy that time with them, I want you to ponder Mary at her age at 13 and 14 and Mary was a teen or a child just like your child and Joseph was a teen or a child just like your child and they at their young age were set apart to to the Lord alone and think about that for your children that's the most important thing their salvation their holiness um, wanting them to look like Christ And as you think on these things, just remember that God gives us the example of these two kids who were saved, knew they were sinners by his grace, and then lived lives that were set apart to holiness and righteousness and and being humble and loving the Lord and trusting the Lord, even through persecutions and trials and being scared and alone and afraid. They had Christ. Do we want that for our children? Do we want Christ for our children? Or do we want the world? So don't focus on the outer of your daughters. Focus on the inner. And I just want to say thank you for tuning into this episode. And I love you guys. Merry Christmas. Go subscribe to my podcast on all major podcast channels. And make sure you follow my YouTube channel for updates. And hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas. Remember Christ the Savior was born on Christmas Day. We celebrate the God who was raised from the dead, who sits at the right hand of the Father, and we will be with him in glory one day. And so this this earth will pass. It is fleeting, but our eternity is set with the Father. And so remember what Christmas is truly about, the birth of God stepping into this world, becoming flesh to take on our sin to die the death that we deserve so that we could be in eternity with him forever. Celebrate the birth of the Messiah King. Celebrate the life he lived, knowing he went to the cross for you, and rejoice in the truth of Christmas. Praying for all of you guys. Love you all. Hugs and prayers. Bye.